The following podcast is recorded and produced by Emerge, a media creators co-op. Welcome back to the Virtuals Podcast. I'm your host, Jules Houston. I'm Damian Jolly. And before we get started, uh, things are a little bit different. This is not what you guys are used to. Um, first of all, new logo on the shirt. If you guys want the shirts and any other merch is going to be available on our link tree. Um, but with that being said, I want to introduce to you guys a 13-time All-American. Yes, he failed high school nine times. <laughs> the best friend and photographer of Post Malone. And the host of his own podcast, The Big Yak. Here at Emerge Studios, DJ Mikey P. <laughs> What's up? What's up? How What's are up, you man? guys? It's only right that I had you on here um, first week. I mean, you guys welcome me with open arms, so I want to do the same for you guys as well. But to start off, uh, I want to thank Emerge and BICPB Radio for allowing us to be here and hosting us. Uh, we appreciate that heavily, and we're thankful for the position that you guys put us in. But with that just, being said, yeah, just well, thank you for becoming part of Emerge, yeah. and uh, I, I can't wait to see yeah, your journey, guys. We're really excited so. for the opportunity. So yeah, thank thanks. Um, with that being said, though, Mike, uh, how much has the studio helped you? Ooh, um, so started off. This is about like a year, year and a half ago. Um, you know, do a little bit of photography. Anybody, you know, he, you mentioned it, mm-hmm. but um, at first I. You know, Maranto reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm opening up a merge. We have a little photography studio. You know, I wonder if you want to, you know, come by, check out the studio. So um, initially I came in. I was like, wow, yeah, this is really nice. And then I walked by this room, this, you know, initial podcast room. And I'm like, oh, you guys have a podcast studio. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I've been wanting to do one for a while now, you know, ever since I graduated from UB. So I was like, you know what? Uh, let me, let me come up with some ideas. Let me find a co-host and, um, yeah, easily came up with a name within like a couple days. And then like the next week I, you know, I was working with Nico. I saw him in the break room and there was a couple considerations I wanted for co-host, but like Nico, I've known Nico since I've been like five, mm-hmm. you know, me and him played like T-ball together. So I've known him for a while. And so, you know, I, and I also know his background. He comes from a media background from at the high school um, and even at Syracuse University. Plus, he, you know, has a pretty good football mind. Um, you know, he's a, he's a big football fan, big Bills fan. So I was like, why not? You know, reached out, and he was like, yeah, I'm in. So then we got here, and ever since then, uh, we've been doing it for a little bit over a year now, and it's been big part of my life now mm-hmm. i mean we come in here once a week and then outside the studio and our um re- recording time you know we're working on you know bettering our merch and making content and it's just yeah for us um i mean we've we started day one at the studio um but i mean we like this og room you yeah. know that's, that's what they're calling it because there's you know mm-hmm. now the other two rooms in the merge that are going to be hosting podcasts as well so yeah, you know, I'm entirely grateful. Um, you know, the technology here and the equipment is wonderful. And I think, you know, to anybody who wants to start a podcast, like for sure, you know, you guys should reach out. Yeah, this is the place. Yeah. This is the place to do it. Um, if if you had to say, uh, what was what was so hard about being like fresh and consistent throughout the offseason? Because, you know, football is the shortest sport for out of the four major sports in the, uh, in the world. We got NLB, which goes on like nine months, ten months. 
Basketball, about seven months. Hockey, about seven months. Football, you only get about four and a half months, and you got to make it count. And, you know, for the other, what, eight, eight and a half, seven and a half months, how hard was that to be consistent? Because you guys only missed, what, one week, maybe two weeks? We've only missed uh, this, like, 2023, we've only missed, I believe, one uh, one week so far. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So. And then, like, last year, like, last, like, winter, um, we missed, like, two weeks just because, like, I was out sick one week. Um and I think, like, Nico was on vacation, so then mm-hmm. we had to, like, miss, like, an episode or two. But other than that, I think since we've started the podcast, we've only, like, missed, like, yeah, like, two episodes. So yeah. out of, like, well, we're about to hit episode 60 next week. Yeah, which is crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, like, that's, like, what, 58 weeks so far? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're up there. You guys are up there for yeah. sure. You got plenty of content out there. Um, and last but not least, uh, what, do you, what plans do you have for the Big Yak this this season? Because, you know, it was, I feel like going to last season, a lot of trades to talk about, a lot of stuff to talk about. This year, kind of a little bit, a little quiet, more draft-oriented. Uh, so, so far, looking looking ahead right now, season starts in a week. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, um, well, we want to, you know, we have a new um, tech guy, um, Joey T. Barry, to anybody who knows him. Uh, he is doing our producing work. So we want to get him involved a little bit. Um, you know, he's still new to, like, this whole experience so it's just for taking it step by step um so we're gonna have like a little bit of a sports betting segment with him because he's big with sports betting um so we're gonna try to get more sports betting oriented with him Mm -hmm. um and have because he doesn't really uh you know he's not really a talkative guy yeah so you know his little like you know couple minutes of fame like 10 minutes of fame is probably gonna be like you know him giving us his best sports betting takes. Um, we really want to take like take it to take it to the bank. That's our sports betting segment. Yeah. We want to you know kind of blossom that a little bit more. And then we don't even have like a proper segment name for a fantasy football one. So mm-hmm. we're trying to you know rebrand that a little bit. Um, but I mean, probably keep it the same formula as last year. Just um, a little bit more high paced because I felt like last football season we had episodes where. It was mostly us predicting games, and you know there wasn't a little bit of there's there's just lacking a little bit of the other segments. Mm-hmm. So um, try to even things out, um, and yeah, try to keep things fresh. Try to keep things you know as like um, recent and like you know with the with the times, I guess you mm-hmm. know like keeping up with trends. So you know probably something similar to last year, just better. It's an upgrade. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it got you through the season. You guys were very consistent. And you made, you know, put out good content every week. So if you just keep with that, you know, just how you said, just blossom everything, just take everything yeah. up another level. I mean, it's a good thing. If anything, I mean, we just keep the same segments, make them a little bit better. It's more of the the content you make after the show. Um, I just felt like, you know, me and Nico are very busy people. Right. You know, so it's like us trying to make content, you know, after work, you know, after the show, stuff like that. It gets hard, so. Yeah, very hard. You know, <laughs> yeah, so it, uh, I would say, you know, keep the same formula, but try to make more content out of it, and then I think we'll see our numbers go up a little bit more. Uh, so speaking of yards after catch, speaking of NFL, speaking of everything like that, um, entertainment giant, huge. You can't beat the NFL. You can't beat Sunday Night Football. You can't beat Monday Night Football. It's only, I mean, realistically, one show that did compete really well with the NFL, and that was The Walking Dead. Yeah. We don't have anything like that no more. No, so most of our attention is going to be devoted to, for at least two days out of the week, is going to be NFL football. Mm-hmm. So to get into that uh, NFL preview, Damian, starting off with you, what do you expect out of your team? 
Um, I'm expecting great things from the Dolphins this year. Um, obviously a couple of bad injuries to start. You know, you lose Jalen Ramsey, and you know, um, did we miss out on all the running backs? You know, everybody thought Dalvin Cook, everybody thought Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jim Irsay kept Jonathan Taylor hostage, so that didn't work. He wanted Jalen Waddle. He's a should psychopath. Be illegal, right? you know, <laughs> Definitely should be. Uh, <laughs> can't believe he yeah, he asked for Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. and it's just a bunch of craziness. So I mean. It comes down, and that's, you can say this for a lot of teams, it comes down to Tua staying healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, he played 12 games last year, and he's never played a full season in college or the NFL, so it's a, it's a big ask. Yeah. You know, but I know he did a lot in the offseason. You already see it translate in the preseason with the jujitsu training and the not hurting yourself when you fall. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of staying healthy and ever making sure everybody gets there. I, I was pretty upset that we didn't get Christian Wilkins re-signed. Right. Dude, dropped him I was pretty upset that we didn't get Christian Wilkins resigned. He's a big part of our defense, and I'm, I'm hoping that that's something that could be resolved. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm, I'm thinking we could, if we don't win the division, we're pushing for second at the at the least. Oh, so Mike, uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, contender for the last about what five years now. What are we looking at? <laughs> uh oh. Mm. Oh, I thought I seen a twelve game written there, eleven and six. Uh, what makes six. you say that? I, I mean, that's a drop off. I want to say from last year, it's a little bit of a drop. I mean, we went thirteen and three last year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, here's the thing. I, I am not a biased Bills fan. I'm not gonna sit here. I'm not gonna, you know, if, if we go thirteen and three again, I am happy for sure. Mm-hmm. But you just gotta realize, Dolphins are better. Jets are, you know, really much better. Um, even the Patriots, I mean, can contend here and there. Um, I don't think they're on the same level as the rest of the three, but I think that, you know, their defense, um, as long as Bill Belichick is the coach, their defense is going to be yeah, solid. They're going to be competitive. Yeah. And they got they got blessed in the draft. I mean, they got cornerback two, I, what I thought was cornerback one, and Christian Gonzalez. And yeah. Like, that's ridiculous with it, that uh, the Patriots get a guy like that. But uh, to go back to what you said uh, about how quarterbacks had to learn how to, well, he had to learn how to fall with two and whatnot. I'm watching the quarterback uh, show. I just started it, and when I got to the point where like Kirk Cousins got the wind knocked out of him back to back weeks, I'm like, how? Like, how do you even like operate doing that, getting hit 10, 15 times? Only two of them might be detrimental to your team, but and then like even the one Max Crosby, he's like he punched Mahomes, he's hit Mahomes, and that was just a cool moment in general that they have that respect, but they also had that competitive nature to always go after it. For a quarterback to stay healthy and, like, in general, even be 50% by the time the Super Bowl comes is actually and, and that's mm-hmm. kind of why, like I said, it's a tough ass to ask for anybody, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I mean, even they like, say even the best quarterbacks in the league find a way they get nicks and bruises, they get beat up all seasons, you know? So asking anybody to stay healthy for a full 17-game season yeah, it's like a, it's almost impossible <laughs> yeah. in all honesty. Mm-hmm. So I got a good question for you now because I talked to uh, my boss. He's a Bills fan. So you've had Sean McDermott. He brought you guys to the playoffs for the first time in all those years. Is he on the hot seat? Here's the thing. I've talked about it on the show so many times. Um, I think, especially after this past loss to Cincinnati in the playoffs, I think I think him and Bean, I think the seat warmer has been turned on a little bit. I've been mm-hmm. using that reference, uh, you know, for the last couple of months. I mean, like, you know, turning on to, like, level one. You know, yeah, maybe yeah, there's, like, sure. four or five levels or whatever you it is. You don't even know if it's but, on or not. You don't know yeah, until right. you get up. <laughs> yeah, but, no, I would definitely say it's starting to get a little warm. You know, no, yeah. a little swampy. A little swampy. swampy. <laughs> you know, you get a little swampy. Uh, and here's the thing: I, I talked to, you know, I texted in our group chat the other day. It's just like Brandon Bean's uh, draft picks aren't hitting They're as much out. as we mm-hmm. should. And it like I don't care if like the six and sevens because like I know like our six and sevens. Got cut. And yeah, started ours. And they were they were like freaking out about that. That's so often. It happens so often. <laughs> they're like yeah, Miami missed out on six and seven round picks. Like uh, most of the teams in the NFL <laughs> yeah. do that, guys. Sorry. But, but then when you have like a, a guy like Kyrie Elam, 
who's going to probably be cornerback like three or four now. Right. And you're sitting here like, damn. And then you trade Boogie Basham for a bag of chips. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. To, you know. to your old GM and your old offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah, I mean, or, it was a second-round pick. Yeah, second-round pick like two years ago. Yeah. And, you know, it's just you can't be wasting those kind of picks. I don't care. Like, day three picks, if they come and go, they come and go. Yeah. Exactly. I don't really care. But the one day one and two picks, if they're not panning out – and it's been a consistent pattern ever since, like, the Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds draft. Yeah. Then there's a little bit of a problem. But for McDermott, this is this year right now is a big make-or-break year because he's actually calling plays. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, he, yeah, and, yeah, that's true. And that yeah. was why what I brought up to my boss. Like, you know, he you, Leslie Frazier retired or whatever the case was. McDermott's calling the plays now, so you don't have anybody to push that blame on if your defense falls apart, if your team falls apart. You know, I guess, and I get McDermott has the love because he brought you guys to the playoffs for the first time in all those years. You guys have been a contender ever since. But at some point, you got to realize that maybe you need more than just one AFC championship appearance. Exactly. That's and what I'm that you know you got you have a top three quarterback we're talking about here. You know you can't keep wasting this guy's time. You got a top five wide receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. at some something has to show for it at some point. Yeah, I mean. Um... This year, I mean, I think McDermott has been a great leader. Um, but the thing is, just I want to see him. I want to see him, you know, prove himself as a coach in this league because you know you see all these great coaches around the NFL like Andy Reid, you know, like Shanahan. They call plays. Mm-hmm. You know, like Sean McVay. They call plays. Like, and the thing about Leslie Frazier was, you know, he is one of the great coordinators around the NFL. Um, but I, I, he, they're two different. Play styles, I think. With McDermott, when he was defensive coordinator back in the day, I mean, he's an aggressive play caller. So you're going to see us blitz a lot more. So it's going to be interesting to see how well we, um, you know, pick up more blitzes, but can we complement and, you know, really pick up the other end, like in the secondary? Because if you're blitzing a lot, you know, the coverage has to hold up. The backs, you know, what, five, four or five players have to, you know, cover and defend the pass so i mean as long as i like the aggressiveness but as long as you don't get too aggressive that's yeah, the thing no, for sure. like we're not like blitzing like cornerbacks like well, I mean, every couple it, it, plays well, i mean you and... see how it worked i mean for miami it worked those first couple of years we had the same defense and then it killed us last year yeah. you yeah. know i mean when you when you if you don't have the, the great coverage guys mm-hmm. it kills you i mean yeah we had Xavier howard but he was hurt last year so once that happened it was a wrap yeah. we kept that defense all year and that's why we went out and got big fangio because we needed a change on defense. So. Yeah, yeah. How often uh, changes on defense and offense happen? Because, like you said, uh, for the last five years, only one AFC championship appearance with a top three quarterback, top five wide receiver. Um, draft picks not hitting. For the main point, like you got to think somebody's got to get fired. Somebody's got to go. If Leslie Frazier didn't go, the odds of him being there is probably like what ninety five percent chance of him still being there. So you got the same team, same staff, everything all together, and for some reason, like something's not working out. Somebody has to. Somebody has to be in the hot seat. Something has mm-hmm. to happen you know and usually what happens is if the gm goes the coach goes mm-hmm. right or if the coach goes and gm's on hot seat right after then the gm goes and there's another coach and that's three coaches in three years mm-hmm. but so that's definitely what you won't, don't want so for me i'm speaking on that because of experience the, the browns looking at the browns like we had so many gms so many rotating quarterbacks coaches everything and for the first time in a long time i feel like this is the team that they set out from the beginning they wanted they wanted Amari Cooper for a certain reason. It seemed like they wanted to get up upgrade at quarterback. Then when they go get Deshaun Watson, I was generally shocked because 
for a long time, it was, it was me against Damian, really. It was like, I'm like, yeah. y'all not getting Deshaun, but I just don't want them to get Deshaun because, like, at that same I want Deshaun, but I don't think we're going to get him. And it's, like, on the heels of Baker just going to the playoffs. Um, that very, very weird 2021 season where nothing really could go right uh, for us. We was, like, losing a game, winning a game, losing a game, winning a game. But to, to narrow it down, it's like, I do think this team can be great. But it comes down to the fact, do you, can you reinvent yourself? I mean, Kevin Stefanski, one of the safest play cars in the league. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. not even close. Something has to give there. Something, some some type of eagerness has to be like, I want to go win the Super Bowl. I don't know if Stefanski is that guy. I just don't I just don't think he is at this moment. But maybe he can be. And, you know, like, to kind of, like, snowball on top of that, where I feel like I get Deshaun Watson's coming back from a long, you know, break, mm-hmm. and he only played 11 games or, you know, played five games last year or yeah. whatever. But... I don't even know if you can play it safe with him right now. I mean, yeah, you I think can. you you cuz if you keep playing it safe with him, he's never going to improve again never. or get back to what he was in Houston, you know what I'm saying? You have the weapons, you trade for Elijah Moore and you get Amari Cooper and Donovan People Jones is serviceable. He's not like a bad yeah, player yeah. by any means. You, know, you have a top running back. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's something where, you know, I feel like I would say you definitely have to get aggressive. I mean, that's what I dealt with for two of his first two years. Yeah. That that <laughs> that, that safe Stop play calling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I mean, it's it's time to let him go out there and just play and if he if he plays, he plays good. And if yeah. not, then you yeah, know that's, you that's my biggest concern because, like, like we, you know we all does. know we all know this stuff is like when when Jacoby Brissett was out there running the offense. I think we we're a top five offense, maybe yeah. like top seven. Not to like really I mean, give you, too much. You guys played. We played yeah. great. We played. Our offense was always moving. It was more the defense. Last second kind of losses to the Falcons, Chargers. I want to say even the Ravens might have snuck in there at some point. I think we had like four picks against Lamar and lost. Mm-hmm. Only time he ever threw over three picks, let alone four. So uh, to just get on to that kind of side of the thing, uh, side of the uh, spectrum, is just like we have to be different. We have to be smarter. We have to be more aggressive at the same time with the knowledge to be like when to do certain things. And to have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson who hosted a playoff game and won a comeback, who went to Arrowhead and almost beat Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that doesn't mean anything because Josh Allen almost beat Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Ryan Tannehill almost beat Patrick Mahomes. That doesn't mean anything now, especially when it was, what, four years ago? Four years ago, 2019, yeah. So we have a quarterback that has the experience, but it's been so long since we've seen that experience get into play. So for the most part, I am excited for the season, but on the other hand, it's like, when are we going to eventually see this team blow up? Because Stefanski is definitely on a hot seat. Even though he's two years removed from Coach of the Year, He's definitely on a hot seat. Yeah, I mean, you went from a playoff win to yeah to you know, no playoff appearance. No playoff appearance. One of the most disapp- disappointed defensive seasons we have in a long time, yeah. dating back to like the undefeated uh, winless season. I'm sorry. So uh, just looking at stuff like that, it's like you want to be optimistic, but at the same time, you know, like this is the formula for a disaster. A quarterback that is playing very air right now, very average. A running back who is on a second contract, which running backs don't, don't get. get yeah. uh, Agent Amari Cooper, uh, Miles Garrett has yet to break out as this dominant defensive player that everybody swear that he is in Cleveland, which he has not showed me at any point. He gets double teamed, bro. Uh, they, swear, they swear he's just this unstoppable mm-hmm. being, but whatever. Um, it's just a lot of guys I'm just like really worried about going forward. Uh, we didn't have any top top sixty four pick. We didn't pick it to the third round. Yeah. You know what I'm saying so. Just looking at the outside outside looking in, it's like. Something has to give eventually. I don't know what it is going to be. I don't know it's going to be Deshaun. I don't know it's going to be Stefanski. Whatever the case may be, something's going to have to give. For sure. Uh, but to roll into another thing, you mentioned Elijah Moore. So, speaking of wide receiver twos, <laughs> Gabe Davis. What's your thoughts on Gabe Davis before we even get to this next segment? Like, What's your true thoughts? I mean, let's let's just say, like, if you think about a year ago to this to this day, exact day, week, week, a week later, like, y'all be playing the Rams. And he and he's about to score his first touchdown. We don't know about. He scored the first touchdown in that game. What would you have thought about his season after that point? 
you know, going after that 13 seconds game, I was like, you know, I was on the hype train with everybody else. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I thought, wow, this, you know, this guy is going to be insane. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to have Diggs and Gabe. It's going to kind of be like a, a one-two punch like we're seeing in, like, Miami with, like, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddler. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Philly with, like, um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. But it's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going into that Rams game, I was like, you know, yeah, he's – you know, he's picking up where he left off. Um, we we gave it to the Rams, you mm-hmm. know. It wasn't really that close of a game. Um, yeah, it wasn't. And then uh, things just kind of, with him, just kind of went south. I mean, it's just consistency with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, years going into last year, he was a like a role player. He was like a six-man, like, yeah, like right. you know, in like basketball terms. Like, you know, he wasn't a starting receiver – but when he came into the game, he flashed. And so, you know, that's what everybody was hoping for, finally starting at wide receiver two. And I think when, uh, you know, having a full season, or not full season, but, you know, going into the off season, I think there was just a lot of pressure with that, you know, 13 seconds game because that's probably one of the – one of the best receiver performances I mean seen. we've seen in a playoff, you know, <laughs> and the way, yeah, it was just I was on that hype train. I, w- I, I wish I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I remember watching that game because I was just like, you know, let me watch it. I guess it's AFC Championship, and um, it's one of the it's probably one of the greatest games yeah. of since two thousand, like playoff games. I will say, yeah, maybe even all game, time. I had me. I would have thought I was a Bills fan the way I was acting, man. I'm yeah, I, was, I, was, I, was, I swear they were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I but swear, I wasn't. Even, I wasn't even in the championship game. That was the division round because I think next played the Bengals. No, that was, uh, was that, yeah, was they tw- played the Bengals. Tw- they played the Bengals, and then, then they, they lost. Yeah, they lost to the Bengals. Oh, so, so that was a division? I thought that was an AFC yeah, championship yeah, game. The year before was, was the AFC championship game, and we didn't really come the, that was That was a non-competitive we got, game. Yeah, yeah. We got. I so, see, so I you would have thought up. that, like, who, like, everybody was thinking whoever wins this, this game is going to the Super Bowl. And ironically, neither team went to the Super Bowl because no. they put so much into that game. Yeah, I mean, when you put all that effort into that kind of game, I mean, when they went into overtime, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. So to roll off that, the 13-second game, would you rather addition Gabe Davis, okay. number thirteen? All right. We're starting off with number fourteen. I mean, like, but to, to put it like this, I mean, like, you don't have to say like it's not like fancy wise. Just like in real life, do you want yeah. this player or not? So, okay. starting off, George Pickens. Ooh, Gabe Davis or George Pickens? Mm-hmm. I think George Pickens has more upside. That's the thing. I mm-hmm. like George Pickens. A l- I, 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 I'm going George Pickens right now. Who would you go with? I'm still sticking with Gabe Davis. I like George Pickens' hands, man, but he does not get open. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least Gabe Davis gets open. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't hate George Pickens. I think he's great, and I loved him at Georgia, and I thought he was going to be good no matter what. But, man, I like you sit there and you watch his highlight tape, man. <laughs> There's no blanket. separation no. ever. Mm-hmm. He's never open. I mean, so, you know, the, the, the spectacular catches are cool, but I think right now, even with Gabe Davis' drop issues, I'm still taking Gabe Davis. Yeah. Uh, my guy right here, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis. Right now, I'm going Gabe Davis, mm-hmm. um, just simply because um, I like I like Elijah Moore's upside going forward. We just haven't seen you know enough of him. With yeah, the he Jets. only had the one good year. I mean, or decent year. Yeah, a decent year with Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll do Gabe Davis right now. Gabe Davis as well. Yeah, I would say Gabe Davis. All right, rookie side of the ball, Jordan Addison. Ooh, that's a tough one, actually. Hmm, this one's a little interesting. I mean. 
Can I actually come? Because you guys missed out on Jordan Addison. Like that was you guys had a chance. I did to get want Jordan Addison. I did want Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to get a receiver. Um, you guys you guys were at the draft at my yeah. house when we drafted like Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> like that weird. was probably one of the funniest reactions I've ever seen out of somebody at a draft. Because I literally was like a couple of picks. I'm like, we're gonna get Dalton Kincaid. I already knew it. And then when it happened, I was like. I was like saying that as soon as all those artists went, I said, "Yeah, they taking a tight end, man." It was, um, you know, and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to be optimistic about it. It's just going back to the whole Brandon Bean thing. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm see, I, I'm just very on edge, mm-hmm. and so I didn't want, you know, I did want Jordan Addison. I was, you know, looking at him. Um, ooh, I don't know, man. That is tough. I think right now, we haven't seen a game from Jordan Addison. Right now, I'll just go Gabe Davis as a safer pick. I would actually go with Addison right now. Um, I like Addison's play style mm-hmm. compared to um, I. I think the thing that sucks about Gabe Davis is that I mean, when you see him succeed, it's not nothing more than like deep threat. Like you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like I could see Addison moving all over the field a lot better than I could see Gabe Davis moving mm-hmm. all over the field. You know, Gabe Davis is your guy's deep threat. He's the the you know you throw a bomb up to him and hope for the best, or you know he's burning past somebody. Mm-hmm. I like Jordan Addison's game. I'm not gonna go off of just not seeing him play. I like Jordan Addison over Gabe. Yeah, Davis. I bet if you ask me this question by the end of the season, it's gonna change. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this might be a little bit easier one. Darnell Mooney. Ooh. Mm. Hmm. That's a tough one, actually. Darnell Mooney is tough. Um, I mean, I liked what I saw from him last year. <sighs> he was the most passed around player in our fantasy league. Like his 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 player history is like is like this long. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, I I don't know. I I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say Gabe Davis. Fair. I'm probably gonna stick with Gabe Davis right now. Um, yeah. I liked Mooney in his rookie year, and I thought he was good last year too. But I just gotta see more consistent quarterback play. That's understandable, but also uh, he burns your quarter, your quarterback one. Yeah, I mean he yeah, definitely. He, I mean he, he killed he, us. Yeah, All he, I know. He, I mean no, he no, killed Xavier no, 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 Howard. He, he burned. He burned Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. He got overthrown, but he burned Jalen Ramsey. Oh uh, yeah. Like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. I remember that. I forgot about that. That's his highlight. That's like his biggest highlight. Like, yeah, I mean, I, mean they, I definitely think he has a talent, and I know I saw that like the Bears came out and said like he's like a cornerstone of their franchise. Like they're not moving him. Understandable. So I mean, I mean that's a good pair with him and DJ Moore. So we'll see if Justin Fields improves as a passer. I mean, Moody could have a big year. You never know. Yeah. And last but not least, I think it's like this one's gonna be better than the last one. Jahan Dotson. Oh, I'm a Dotson guy. I'm sorry. Two big play wide receivers. I mean, both have really limited samples. I guess you could say as wide receiver too. Jahan Dotson got injured a little bit last year. You know, like I said, both big play guys. I think they both had seven touchdowns even. So, give me, give me Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I'm a Dotson. I'm a Dotson fanboy. I'm more on Dotson. I, I like Dotson when he came out. Dude, I, I still can't believe he went first round because I really didn't think anybody was like targeting him oh, targeting first man. round. But like, I thought he was Dotson, top twenty pick. Yeah, I thought he crazy. was so good when he was coming out of Penn State. Mm-hmm. It's for a guy to be that small and still be able to make big plays on the ball. He's only like five ten. Yeah, five eleven, <laughs> and he plays so much bigger than his actual size. But I love that. I think he's awesome. I think pairing him with Sam Howell, you know, I I, I am uh, optimistic about Sam Howell this year. So I think um, he, uh, I think he's gonna blossom even more. I mean, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I like Terry McLaurin a lot too. But I just I feel like we've been seeing a little bit more injury history pick up with Terry. Yeah, now he has this, this toe injury or whatever. So we're probably gonna see Jahan Dotson at least probably the first game probably be the target leader. Most yeah. likely. Sure. I mean. And I mean, even last year to end the season, though their 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 target share was similar. Yeah, I want to say Dotson actually out targeted McLaurin in the year last year, like thirty four to thirty. Mm-hmm. It wasn't obviously anything ginormous, mm-hmm. but Dotson was getting a lot of looks towards the end of last season. And Sam Howell, with you know not being a scared quarterback, at least from what we've seen, he's not scared to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. 
hopefully that means that they could actually uh, blossom a little bit more. And you saw that, like, Ron Rivera came out and said he didn't even know what he had in Sam Howell yeah, until week said, 17. Yeah, he said he wish he did earlier. And I'm like, why wouldn't you do it earlier? Yeah, Tyler, Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz. Yeah, he was like, he's like, yeah. I didn't know what we had because I didn't think the kid could play. And I'm like, yeah. well, you're the head coach. How, how well, would you not? Well, you look back at the last uh, week of the season last year, they didn't even know they had playoff hopes. Yeah, that's what yeah, they was like, in the wild card, know. and he still played, he played Carson Wentz. Like, he did? I'm like... Uh, yeah, You're supposed to know. So. I'm guessing you don't pay attention. <laughs> it's the NFC we talking about. It's like the weakest NFC you've been in a long time, and that's that's the answer that you give out. That's fireable offense. Uh, and so I want to stick a wide receiver before we skip on. I'm looking at the Bills depth chart right now. Oh, it's um, it's a little scary, man. No, and the cuts already happened. So and I say the cuts already happened. So this is a real one. So We're you... keeping a guy named King, Kingsley Jonathan at What's defense. wrong with that? We're defensive ends. What's wrong with that? King, okay, Kingsley's a fire name. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Jonathan Kingsley. Kingsley. So Jonathan. we got Diggs, Davis, Shakir. Then Hardy, Sherfield, and Short is on the IR. He's on the short term IR. Short term so IR. Missing, okay. He's missing the first uh, four. Okay, that's not horrible. I like Short. He played pretty good in the preseason. I think we're probably going to promote Andy Isabella or like one of those guys so, for the first couple games. So are you cool with Shakir starting in the slot to start the season? Um, that's what it kind of looks like. I mean, if I'm leaving, yeah, Hardy reading, is so somehow the slot maybe. Yeah, or, I mean, it, it's still the competition's still well, going on. Yeah, I um, if I had to give a pick. For who I want as wide receiver three, I want Sheriffield. Yeah. On Sheriffield as wide receiver number three, throughout camp he has been, has probably had the best chemistry with Josh Allen so far. Um, Shakir, um, nice. I love him. I yeah. love Sheriffield. Yeah, he's and he's had success guy. in the NFL. Um, and so with Shakir, last year he had some big plays, but it's just like he disappeared a lot. Right. That was my thing. And then with Hardy, Hardy is just. He is good when he's on the field, but I have a feeling that they're going to be using him. I think he's more of a special teams guy. As a return honestly. guy. I think, yeah, he's yeah. More, I think he's just like a hot Naeem Hines replacement more than mm-hmm. an actual wide receiver. Yeah. I see Osiris Torrance is also not starting to start the season. Yeah, that battle's beat still Ryan, going on. Ryan, Ryan Bates beat him out, at least to start for now. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool with him sitting behind Bates for the first couple games, mm-hmm. but I bet you Bates by is, like... Bates is pretty good. I don't mind Bates. Yeah, Bates, Um, if, I have to, if I'm going to be honest, like, I know he's a little undersized, but, like, we might need to... Show him a little bit of love at tackle. I know he's like six. He's like six four. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, crazy. That's like you'll short. have to see how it <laughs> and it's crazy. But NFL, like, yeah, like, a giant, like Giants. I guess he's small compared tackle. to Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown's like six eight. Yeah, no, it's like the six seven yeah. is like the minimum they want. I yeah, hate Spencer Brown. Uh, this is a Spencer anti Spencer Brown <laughs> guy <laughs> over here. Spencer Brown man. Yeah, it's. That's that's the biggest position where our depth depth is lacking. I know we just signed uh, Jermaine Effetti. Yeah, know, yeah, I see him I, on there. Cool with that signing, but like that's a lot of teams in the league, though, man. I saw Miami's depth chart for the offensive line the other day. I like our guards, our Ooh, interior line, I like, <laughs> but our tackles, man, are scary. Miami goes down if Toronto Armstead misses more than a game. It's a wrap. <laughs> we kept <laughs> he two, missed one play. <laughs> we kept two undrafted offensive linemen mm-hmm. and their their tackles. So it, I mean. They're gonna try to roll out Spencer Brown. I just, this is not. He's not doing it for me. Yeah. Deion Dawkins is, you know, he's like an average. Maybe consider him above average. Maybe tackle, but like he's just. He also paid him a lot of money. Yeah, he's. Paid he, him like he was a, well, I think he gets like paid. He's a little overpaid. Yeah. I will say this, but I mean, he he's been there since day one. I mean, he's not. He's not terrible. No, I definitely don't think he's bad at all. I think it's yeah. just like the money situation when you look at like the cat, like the the contract yeah. compared to what you're getting. I mean, like I said, definitely not a bad tackle, but serviceable is probably like yeah. I probably see that, and I probably see the linebacker. 
Tackle and linebacker are my two biggest things. I was actually really happy that Balen Spectre made it. I don't know what it is. I think the name's just cool. Balen Spectre yeah. is a cool name. I'm, 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 I'm a fan. Spectre is usually probably good at life. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> at some point. Yeah. So it's crazy, too, because Miami, we had three undrafted free agents make our initial team. Really? Yeah. That's just good. That's a good eye for talent. If yeah, you uh, I was actually really happy with that. Um, Obviously, one of them was a tight end, which is we don't have much competition in the tight end room anyways. Uh, like, who is your tight end? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're starting to burn to start the season. Yeah, so... <laughs> we have no. It's, I'm pretty sure Durham Smythe, Tyler Croft, and the undrafted guy. Uh, we had a run a running back make it, which was interesting. He was like the leading running back in the preseason. Oh yeah. He, he had like 57 yards after contact in the preseason, so maybe a bruiser compared to what we know. Jeff Wilson's hurt. Yeah, I ain't got nobody. I feel like over like 200. <laughs> exactly. And then we had a defensive tackle make it, which was nice because outside of Raquan Davis, we've never really had good defensive tackle play. Raquan Davis has never even been anything. Yeah, exactly. For a second round pick, what we what we paid for him. So that was pretty cool to see that story. Three undrafted guys on your initial fifty-three is pretty crazy. Yeah, or maybe he's lacking depth there, or something, right. something like that. But uh, for the last little bit, little segment for NFL wise, give us a bold prediction, Michael. Start off with you. Give us a bold prediction. It don't have to be about the Bills. It don't have to be about you know Michael Pareto. It could just be about anything in the league. I mean, we, we might have had a thousand yards. You passed with five thousand yards. I'm breaking the sack record. Breaking the sack <laughs> record. Um. Ooh. Uh, Jamar Hamlin, comeback player of the year. That's not. Oh, that's not. That's, that's, that's like that the easiest thing I know. Easiest pick I've ever heard in my life. I know. <laughs> um, ooh. Bold predictions. Um, hmm. I mean, you could go a couple different routes. I mean, I know last night in the show, um, Nico was talking about take Detroit money line for next week, and mm-hmm. that's because. Chris Jones isn't going to be out there. I mean, yep. they're probably not going to have Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. uh, who's supposed to be, you know, a starting receiver for them. Um, and then Detroit's supposed to be, you know, this high-powered, you know, hot I offense. So, um, I don't know if I could take that. I, I, I the bottom of my heart wants to, but mm-hmm. like betting against Patrick, it's kind of like you know betting against Brady. It's very hard. Don't to do, do it. Very hard <laughs> to, you, you, want, you don't want to cost yourself the money that it's going to cost. Yeah, um, but I know like Detroit's like plus like. Two thirty, I want to say. I think maybe. I seen those two thirty. It's yeah. really not horrible, but I just don't think that's enough for me to put money on. Yeah, it's not enough for that either for me. Yeah. Um. All right. Bold predictions. Um. I think that the Jets finish third in the AFC East. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's actually a pretty good one too. Yeah. I know a lot of people already have them. They have a lot of people have Miami finishing third mm-hmm. behind the Jets. I yeah. think. Um. You know, you made a good point. Tua stays healthy. Um. I think they should easily. Not easily. But I think they should finish second. Um, I'm not saying the Jets are overrated at all. I think you know they're they've built and had a great off season. You know they're a great team. They've been killing it in the draft, man. I they've hate been, it. They've been killing in the draft. Um, Unreal. But I just don't. I don't. It depends on how this offense works out. If Nathaniel Hackett is calling the plays, which I think he is, I hate Nathaniel Hackett. He's understandable. He's, he's a Buffalo guy. <laughs> um, he was in Green Bay. He didn't do good in Green Bay either. So. Um, I think that it's just going to be tough. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers still Aaron Rodgers? You know, yeah. he's not in Green Bay anymore. He's in he's in New Jersey. Yeah, not New, New York. <laughs> um, so, with Miami, I think just there's something about Miami. It's that offense. That yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, when you have two top wide receivers in the league, it's pretty hard to yeah. – even with whatever else is around them, you're, yeah, you're exactly. expected to compete. Yeah, Miami, before, you know, the whole Tua concussion – thing you yeah, know his course. concussions I mean, they happen were, they were the scariest team in the nfl i yeah, think or they like, were rolling yeah like that that, yeah, that yeah. miami baltimore game was so oh, good. i mean <laughs> you literally had a comeback i say you have your quarterback throw for six touchdowns you come back from down 21 
Yeah. I mean, you know, like we were on a hot streak, and then probably, that's why I, I felt like the injury was such an unfortunate. I mean, any injury is unfortunate, but the timing of it Time was to unreal. come back, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying to, and I mean, it's not even Tool wasn't even really playing bad in that Bengals game to start. He had a couple, you know, bad throws, but it just just happens with yeah. him. It's like it's like sometimes his mind just goes blank and he just does something random. Bro. I honestly, threw the best yeah. ball ever to Chase Edmonds. He dropped. He it, dropped it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so that was so, like that kind of game that was. Yeah, I honestly so. think if Tua played in that playoff game against Buffalo, I think we would have lost. I don't even like to say stuff like that because I, I hate just looking back. I'm but I, I'm not gonna lie. But I, I did say that a couple of times. You get salty, you know. Your team makes the playoffs and you lose. Yeah. I mean, you're salty no matter what. And I and I did say that. I I don't know if the game plan would have been different. Obviously, I'm sure the Bills yeah. game plan totally different for Skylar Thompson. We yeah. started off well, but it's just like we let them come back. Our, our defense and, played so much better than the score shows. That like that's kind of what bothers me. Strip sack Josh Allen a couple of times. Yeah. Wide receivers, but I mean, Shakir had a big drop. I mean, there, you yeah. know, Bills made some mental mistakes. Like, mm-hmm. It was just something that Skylar Thompson wasn't going to be able to take advantage of, and yeah. I think that was, like, the big thing for it. You know? And I think, you know, with both games, like, you know, the, the Miami game in the beginning of the year, the, you know, the, the hot game, and then mm. you come to Buffalo and you have the snow game. Mm, right. So, you know, I just think, like, you know, the weather – Kind of played. That, that's why I'm happy they're doing it this year the way they are. I think that's yeah. how it's supposed to be now that both teams are competitive. Mm-hmm. Don't give either one the the quote unquote advantage. I guess you know, let them play in each other's hometowns when the weather's nice, mm-hmm. and just let's see what actually happens when they're on equal playing fields. Yeah. So I mean, it's just going to be those three teams are just going to be fighting for that number one yeah. spot, and I just think in the end, I think just, Bills, Jets, Miami all split, and I think we all sweep the Pats. Yeah. No. I I see Miami. I sweep the Pats. I see. I see. Patriots Ooh, maybe squeaking that's out. Six in the division. That's crazy for the Patriots. I I, I I say they get like one or two division mm-hmm. wins, but they're definitely not gonna have a good division record. It's gonna be that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm, 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 I'm going to take that one. Is that, is that your bold prediction? That's my prediction. That's your bold prediction. I don't even mean to skip over it, but uh, that'll be one of them for sure. I, I do think that the Patriots. I don't know. I just there's some. I mean, I guess because they. I know they got Bill O'Brien back, and you know they got Boo Boo. <laughs> and you know like i said it's cool i mean you know the patriots always compete as long as they got belichick it's always gonna be a competitive team and i respect that totally but i don't think either i don't think they're on the same level as the other teams no. and, i mean that offense is it, just barring something catastrophic <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah so that's your bold prediction for the year yeah mm-hmm. patriots 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 six six um yeah i say jets they're at the on the show <laughs> yeah, he will be. <laughs> um, I I think yeah, I think Nathaniel Hackett's not going to be able to. He's not going to know what to do with all those pieces. That's understandable. I mean, yeah. it's just like the way I look at the Jets is. I think you guys are both wrong about the Jets, though. I do think the Jets are going to. I think the Jets are going to be a problem, and I think they're going to beat y'all week one. To be honest, this is why I, I can see so, it. No, I can see this it. is a team that hitting on every draft pick, and this is how I look at it. I'm like, they got somebody that killed y'all in the run game. Boom, right there, Dalvin Cook can mm-hmm. kill y'all in the run game. Aaron Rodgers who could tear up a defense. I mean, as much as their Aaron Rodgers has fallen off, he's two years removed from MVP. Yeah, back to right? back MVP. I was like, he got Garrett Wilson entering his second year, second year, yeah. No, I think so. Yeah. I mean, like all the pieces are there for the offense and his defense. Think about Sauce Gardner. Think about Quentin Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, DJ Reed. I mean, not not too great, but he benefited a lot from guarding wide receiver twos and whatnot. I mean, they, got, they, got, uh, they got some pieces. They went man. after Chuck and Clark. Their linebackers are so. Uh, CJ Mosley stays healthy. He's a uh, yeah, top. Always, he's uh, I, I, I don't even want. I don't even want to speak. I mean, I've seen him play a down of football. I feel like in forever. <laughs> he was really good last year. He like yeah. he, he was really really good last year. But how I look at the Jets is like I mean like if a, even like the slightest of good scenarios. I mean even when Zach Wilson was out there, they was they were winning games. When Joe Flacco was out there, they were winning games. They had to come back against us when Mike White was out there they're winning games they had an optimal schedule for that reason obviously but they had a chance to really make a, a push for the playoffs I mean like now like, who, who do you want starting out of those three nobody obviously right, right, right. but I do think that the Jets are very very good they're very very young 
I, I like. I think they have one of the best coaches in the AFC. Realistically, I mean, like for him to be able to win games with those quarterbacks, no, yeah. there's no way he can't win any games. Definitely there, I definitely have no disrespect towards Salem. I like Salem a lot. I mean, everybody that came from that Niners team seems to be good at coaching. Yeah, you know, I mean, you it's like you, it's just you just automatically get to do that. Like, right. <laughs> but I mean, for my book, actually, before you get to say anything, my book prediction and it goes all the way back. Jonathan Taylor. I do not think he plays a down of football this year. I think John Taylor is going to be in a position where it's almost Le'Veon Bell-ish because the way, you, the way I look at it is I don't think he's faking an injury. There's no reason to fake an injury when you're in contract year. Just, that's probably the stupidest thing you could do. If you get put in the PUP to start the year, something's going on in there. Like So they have the ability to play you or not. It's all on the, it's all on the Colts. They can deactivate him every game. And you see how unserious they are about trading him. I mean, ask for Jalen Watt, ask for Christian Watson. Come on now. You clearly don't want to trade him. That's four weeks already that he's not available. So even if team team, team trades for him right now, you still don't get him for those first four first weeks. Four weeks right? So what team is going to take a risk on a running back that they got to pay? Nobody's going to take that risk. So now the Colts have to start him week five. They might, they're looking like they're going to be on four. Later schedule, looking, they're looking like they're going to be on four. And they got Thanks rookie quarterback sure. Anthony Richardson. I mean, I just don't see anything about this situation with JT that's going to benefit. And it's a good chance that – Wherever he goes and whatever the case may be, he's going to be looking at a franchise tag the, the year after. So I don't think he's ever going to get that big contract he's ever seeking out for. Unfortunately, it's not his fault. He asked to be paid, and Jim Ursay took it as he was asking for literally the rights to the team and yeah. you know being a, a partial owner or whatever. He made it seem like he was actually asking for way too much. He has to be paid. He ain't asked for your life. He ain't asked for your, your kids' grants or whatnot. He ain't asked for nothing ridiculous. He has to be paid like the player that he is. He's a huge part of his offense. We've seen what you guys were without them. You know what I'm saying? And you've seen how bad you guys played without Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And the fact that your next best running back is Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, Zach Moss. I mean, Zach you know Moss. Zach Moss. <laughs> I don't think I don't think, um, I don't, I don't think the Colts are handling the situation correctly. Um I think it's more on them than JT. I mean, like it's like 80-20 at this point. Yeah. JT is, is literally no no chance for I feel like to get out of that position. Yeah, I mean they have a tough schedule to start the year, as you said. They play the Jags. <laughs> they play the. I guess the Texans are. I guess you wouldn't consider tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they are a rebuilding team, the same as the Colts. Mm-hmm. But Jags, Texans, Ravens, Rams. Um, they could pretty easily be zero and four going. Yeah, very easily. And then going into week five against the Titans. Yeah, good luck. Titans have a good defense. They're always pretty competitive and under defense. I don't want want my my star running back's first game to be October what tenth or something. October (laughs) eighth. Like, come on, I don't want that to be the situation. So I don't. I think that this is a rude awakening for JT fans, Colts fans, uh, anybody that would have wanted JT. You literally got shafted out of getting a chance to have a star running back. I don't know why the Packers would have wanted him. I don't think. Yeah, it didn't make I think you sense. probably trade away Aaron Jones instead. That's what I thought. That was either Dylan and or you Jones. solve two problems. The Colts have a long term running back now, and now you got a young running back that could do the same thing. Aaron Jones. I think they're almost like the same player almost. All right. Yeah. But uh, the way I look at it is, JT is in a lose lose situation. Um, same thing with uh. With Josh Jacobs, I mean, even if he does perform, he's going to get another one-year deal. <laughs> so, like, it's if him, you're on a one-year deal right now, it's, it's running back. It's all the luck. running backs. Him, Barkley. Mm-hmm. All one-year deals. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for them, but it is what it is, I guess. I mean, him being drafted in the second round, too, is like, he doesn't get a chance to get that fifth year. He's just going to be no, have you to be deal with what you're dealing with. I have one more bold take before mm-hmm. we move on. L.A. Chargers missed the playoffs. L.A. Chargers missed the playoffs. I actually agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if that's that bold, but like some not people might be. It's like, not that bold. But they have a yak yeah. merchant playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I um, I just think with how tough I, you could easily see all three of those AFC East teams making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just don't think that. I think it's going to be kind of a repeat of last year, and I think they're just not going to you know get lucky and 
sneak into the playoffs again. Um, I just think the injuries are going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Austin Eckler takes a little bit of a step back. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think with the offense he's going to Kellen Moore, man, he likes to he likes to split up. He yeah. likes to split the running backs no matter what. So. Yeah, so it's just the offense. The offense they're going to run this year is going to be totally different. They're not going to. It's not going to be that Austin Eckler like every play, every down, like he's getting some kind of touch or some type of play towards him. You know, yeah. I so I just think I think they finish like like with eight wins. That's fair. Actually, yeah. I really think it's fair. So, uh, do we want to talk awards? I have odds pulled up right now. Um, For awards, I already put my bet in. I put my bet in when we went to go do the MLB uh, bets. I put in oh. Justin Fields. Justin Fields is my MVP pick. I think it's like plus 2,000. Yeah, I wish I could see it. 40, something like that. The top five are obviously Mahomes. Um, they aren't giving me his odds for some reason. But Burrow is second at plus 700. They got Herbert, Allen, and Hurts all tied for third. Like what, plus 1,000? Plus 950. Yeah. And then Josh Allen's plus 750. And Aaron Rodgers plus fifteen hundred. Yeah, I think I put, I put Justin Fields. I think I'm gonna stick to that. I think I think if the Bears sneak into the wild card, Justin Fields is one hundred percent my pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I um I I um I, I like Jalen Hurts for MVP this year. He came close last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they don't have as like easier as a schedule, but I just man, the Eagles offense. The way I saw them play in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. How do you lose? How do you lose? <laughs> How do you lose? <laughs> I think only they punt it one time. I think maybe one turnover. Yeah, with yeah. Jalen Hurts fumble. That was it. Yeah, like come yeah. on, guys. No that was the, that game. The, probably the play of the game. That and the Kadarius Tony punt return. Oh like, my god, those two plays are probably no the biggest way two plays. Got, what sixty yards on, on that? that slippery field, man? Come on, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah I, I really like for offensive player of the year. Tyreek Hill is plus eighteen hundred, and I Ooh, think that's that's yeah. I I think I'm gonna put money on that because. He went crazy last year, and Tua missed five games. If Tua plays those five games, he probably breaks 2,000 yards. <laughs> he would have broke the record. Yeah, I, I think he was on pace to break the, the record. record. I think he was on pace to break it. Uh, and so, no, he had, he had uh, Justin Jefferson by like 200 yards almost. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I yeah. think that and, – and then he had to deal with Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. So. What's wrong with Teddy? All right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I would probably take that. Even Tua being plus 4,500. Like I, uh, my, my bold take for the Dolphins here is I think Tua throws for over 35 touchdowns. I think he plays. I think he plays at least fifteen games. I think he throws for over thirty-five touchdowns, which is not something quarterbacks yeah. typically do. <laughs> yeah, nowadays you only see him about like what about thirty-five. I'd say over hundred yeah. so from the top QBs. Yeah, I wouldn't say that's even crazy. The way like the pace he was going last year. That's like, what I'm, I'm just saying. If he didn't get hurt like that, that one, uh, that Bengals game. He played eleven yeah. games. He played twelve <laughs> games out of twenty-six touchdowns. Like that's insane. So I mean, <laughs> if you'd have played those other five games, and the games he missed were earned against great opponents. I mean, you know the games he left too. So yeah, exactly. he only finished probably with ten games. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I so say you left the Bengals game midway through. You left the no, he didn't really leave the Bills game. He came back, and then you got to think he missed all those games after the Bengals game. He missed four straight games, mm-hmm. and not against really great opponents either. Not mm-hmm. great defense. He played Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? Like, you played a couple bad teams. Minnesota! (laughs) So, that could be an interesting one. And then, Micah Parsons, obviously, is the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year. But I... I burn on him again. That's, like, one of the worst, like, season closers ever. Yeah. He had a chance to win it in his rookie year. Honestly, all the Defensive Player ones are pretty bad. Uh, TJ Watts, plus 700. Miles Garrett's plus 600. But then Bosa, Sauce Gardner, Roquan, and Pat, they're all the favorites. But corners, it's hard. You gotta do something... Corner, I mean, win. like, because if you even you go back to like Stephon Gilmore, like, realistically, Soft Gardner's uh, stats, I think, was like even better than uh, yeah. Gilmore's the year that he he won Defensive Player of the Year, even and not even a, not even not a even thought, a <laughs> not even a thought. So you just gotta get lucky and hope the edges don't do nothing. Exactly. So I said I don't really like any of that. And then you said Roquan Smith was in there. Yeah, he's plus he's plus four thousand. I mean, I get it. He you know a lot of tackles. 
It really doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter if he gets any, you know if he gets in the backfield if he takes any gets any picks mm. stuff like that. But I do like that. I think Roquan Smith is so good. That's, That's why I took him as IDP. My IDP in that one. Oh league. yeah, yeah, you did. I really liked him. Um, Bijan's the favorite to win offensive rookie of the year. That's pretty That's simple. Obvious. I don't even think anybody else is going to come close. Uh, <laughs> nobody's gonna Anthony come Richardson close. second, tied with Bryce Young, but I don't really see that. And then Jalen Carter, the defensive rookie of the year. Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Um, I kind of like Brian Branch plus three thousand. I don't know. I mean, like off the top of my head, I mean, it's it's him, Will Anderson, Brian Branch. Those are the top three. I like the Brian Branch one, but I think it's just a matter of how Detroit uses him. I don't know if Detroit will use him the way that I think he should be. He's such a hybrid player. Yeah, Jalen already got the hybrid player. Well, that's what I'm saying. They got Chauncey. Yeah, they got Chauncey. That's what I'm saying. Chauncey. I'd probably go Will Anderson. There. I mean, yeah, Jaylen I think I'm Will Anderson. I feel like. Jalen Carter, I mean, he's a defensive interior. Jaylen I mean, one's like Jaylen Aaron Donald. Is he Aaron Donald? <laughs> no. Nah, but no. I mean, he is very dominant. I mean, for what I've seen at Georgia, I mean, this guy is more like a Fletcher Cox. Yeah, well, he, went to the perfect, he went to, went to the perfect spot to be like Fletcher Cox. I mean, literally, right. they, they, they lose zero the years of having great interior defensive line. But they have Jordan Davis, too. Yeah. Yeah, but Jordan Davis is kind of a letdown, though. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's just out of shape. I mean, I feel like playing a couple more years in the NFL, they start getting it. But I, for I think now, the value pick I like here is – Either Deontay Banks or Emmanuel Forbes. Emmanuel Forbes could be good. I really that's that's Washington, Forbes, right? Yeah, yeah. Washington. He's okay. plus fifteen hundred, and I really yeah. liked Forbes coming out. I was hoping he'd get to Miami in the second, but it was never going to happen. He's fast. Yeah, he, he's a small guy. He's only one like one eighty. Yeah, like six foot one eighty. He's very small. <laughs> yeah, he's fast. Though, and man. then obviously Demar's comeback player of the year, of course. Yeah, it's, you better say second probably Tua, right? It's Kelvin Tua's tied for fourth. Tua, John Mechie, Brees Hall, Odell, and Lamar's third. You know they're going to drag with the Demar hand. I mean, I, I, I get it though. That's gonna be yeah. huge for him as a person, as a player. Especially that he makes the roster too. Yeah, the fact yeah. he made the roster, and when he comes out on Monday Night Football, right. come on, yeah. no, or even like huge. the first home game of the third year. Yeah, home 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 home. I think he was against Vegas, right? Yep. Uh, home opener was Vegas. Season opener is Jets. Okay. Um, I think the the ro- the making the roster thing with him. I think he was gonna make it. There was no it, nothing showed me that he wasn't gonna make yeah. it. He, he's made the roster so far. What is this? His third year. Third year in a row. Yeah. yeah. So he's made the roster. I mm-hmm. mean, and you guys didn't really make any like safety moves. I think what you signed Taylor Rapp. We got Taylor Rapp, but Taylor Rapp is gonna be playing. He's like a hybrid though. He's, he's playing all over the place. Safety, he might yeah. even play like linebacker. Yeah, that's like, what he's always he's always been like a really big safety. He's never been like a like a traditional safety. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see him playing like Taron. If they do like uh, they might have like Taron Johnson. You know, like sub out of play. You know, he comes in as, like, a nickel. And then, like, they played Saran Neal as a big nickel. Right. I think Saran Neal t- takes kind of, like, a special teams approach this year. More and then backseat. he plays, like, a big nickel. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then for know. the last one, Sela is favorited to be coach of the year, plus 1,600. I like hmm. that. I'm beyond, I like that. But realistically, okay. if I had to go somebody, I'm looking at Arthur Smith. That's He's plus 1,000. So Yeah, I'm looking at Arthur Smith. Uh, what's, what's Dan Campbell at? Dan Campbell is plus 1,000. Yeah, that's third. Right. I like Dan Campbell. That's and then right. you got a bunch of people tied. Kyle Shanahan's plus three thousand, which is pretty wild. I mean, I guess he, he never really does anything. <laughs> yeah. And they projected like Ron Rivera's ways. plus four thousand. No, yeah, he not Brandon winning. Staley, right. McDaniel's plus eighteen hundred. Brandon yeah. Staley and McDaniel's are the same odds. No, uh, oh. Staley's a little bit lower. Or McDaniel's oh. more favorite. Brandon so, Staley, I think is. I can't uh, believe he kept his job. That's so. Oh, no, he better be after he's that. Not, after that. Burning. After that <laughs> loss to the Jags, I mean, I mean, the Jags are an improving team, but they should not have lost. You shouldn't have lost. And you're up twenty-eight to zero or twenty-eight to whatever. Yeah. 
All right, what are we moving on to? Uh, moving on to Swamp Kings. I mean, just to keep going with the football trend, we are still reviewing movies. We're still re- reviewing shows. This is a limited series, uh, four episodes, talking about the Florida teams uh, from what, 2005, 2008, that range. Uh, I, think, yes, I think it was 05 to 2010. Yeah, so we we get into the, the nitty-gritty, the real, you know, um, I guess specifics about this Florida team. They kind of veered away from the controversy, from the, the personalities of the teams, to the people that we really didn't know about. And with that being said, Damien, um, I like pressed you to watch this so many times. Anyway. So when I so we had the Big Yak draft last week. We were mm-hmm. all here, and I only watched the one episode at the time. And I was honestly not a fan of the first episode. Um, it felt more like a puff piece. It felt more like you were just trying to hype up the Gators for what they were. Um, Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow. Um, whoever else was there, you know, and the first episode definitely kind of left me underwhelmed, but to finish it was really cool. It's cool to see the teams that they had. Yeah. I mean, there were some names on these Florida teams. I mean, it's pretty unbelievable to see, you know, you had the Pouncey brothers, you had um, Percy Harvin, Tim Tebow, you had Carlos Dunlap, I mean, Mike Major Wright. Uh, there's some really Brandon these there's Spikes. A, Brandon Spikes. Oh I, I can't believe I forgot Brandon Spikes of all people. Mm-hmm. There were some really, really, really big names on these Florida teams. So, you know, kind of see what it goes into. You know, like um, obviously they won it in what was it? Oh, oh six. Yeah, oh six. They beat oh six. Uh, but that State team was Virginia. not memorable at all. Like in all honesty, like mm-hmm. Tim Tebow was still a backup. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I did when, when, when they <laughs> won it. I'm like, did they even did Tebow even was Tebow on that team? He, like, he obviously he was, a, he, was a, he, was a, he was a backup and he scored a touchdown that game and whatnot, but. It was just so unmemorable. Like the 06 team is not as memorable, but they did have the more personality. They did have the yeah, on-field yeah, Chris presence. Sealer and all I that. mean, dude, Siler was Siler, just, yeah. he, he was insane. He was really insane. I mean, like like almost like Ray Lewis light. Like, like yeah, the way he he, ran he respected team. everybody. He 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 expected the most of everybody. I thought for sure that they were not winning that game. I'm like, but oh, I know for sure Ohio State well, did not. Who was it, Trey Smith? At night, or not Trey Smith. What was his name? Uh, was, was it Troy Smith? Maybe? I think it might have been Troy Smith. Smith. <laughs> I think it was. I well, know he it won Heisman, Trey. right? He was yeah. the Heisman that yeah, year, so. and he got killed. Yeah, Troy yeah. Smith yeah. was the quarterback for Ohio State. Yeah, and, he, did, and yeah. he got killed by Florida. He was he did not stand a chance. You got that whiteboard over there, man. What's on the inside of that whiteboard? Oh, uh, Swamp Kings. 7.5 out of 10. 7.5. Here's the thing. I... I thought that they am I allowed to swear on the show? Yeah, go ahead. Like, yeah, it's all you. Man. Well, I'm not gonna swear, but I'm just gonna be a little raunchy. Um, I think <laughs> you know they sucked off Urban Meyer a lot. You know they it was you know, this is a kid show, man. This is a kid show. It's, it's for kids. Is, uh, is unreal. Cut the tape. Uh, yeah, unreal. Cut the tape. Um, I just thought that. You know, we talked about it in the group chat as well. Like, it seemed like he was damn near like a producer of this yeah, show. Yeah, it had, like, had to be his idea. <laughs> that, that it had exa- to be his idea. That was exactly what I told Jules when we had the big egg draft. I said, I said it's a puff piece. And if they, yeah. were gonna do that, if they were going to do that, just add the Ohio State teams in there. Yeah. Too. Just do that. I was like, you should have just made an Urban Meyer documentary because <laughs> I swear, like, Urban Meyer was in that thing so much. And for as bad of a guy as he is, as much controversy he's been on Urban Meyer his entire career, mm-hmm. for him to be on that and get interviewed all the time. Like, him and Tebow got so much screen time during that damn thing. And I get they were the biggest names at Florida at the time. Nah. But come on. And it's not like I was asking for an Aaron Hernandez documentary. I, yeah, because there's one already out. Yeah, so I don't, even, like, I don't even need to hear all them. that. But, like, at least give me something. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, How they, the they, team was affected. Mm, yeah, like, was, not, well, not affected because he was already drafted. But, like. No, but, I mean, but, yeah. But he, he beat up that dude outside that restaurant with Tim Tebow. But they only mentioned Tim Tebow's side of the story. Yeah. That yeah. he should have did more. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. Carlos Dunlap was doing, like, I'm pretty sure he had, like, a domestic abuse case at, at Florida. Somebody else had a had a domestic abuse case he was the i think he was a receiver they mentioned his name he's on the 018 for sure but it wasn't percy Harvard, obviously but it was somebody else i'm pretty sure 
he like hit his girlfriend and he and he was supposed to go to NFL and, and all of that. I forgot his name though, but for sure he hit his girlfriend and it ruined his career. And even I think he Florida died. Just, he, yeah, well, yeah. Not, no, I, think, I only think it was that one. It was a oh, whole different whole guy. guy. They said they never talked about it at all. He was he, he was definitely on the O eighteen. He made a play too. Even yeah, but like, they didn't just, even talk about that. He crazy. was on the team. And he said Carlos Dunlap. You had the Pouncy twins. You had Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. I mean Percy Harvin. Like we don't even talk. You don't even talk about Percy Harvin. The players that they brought onto that thing were just so random. Yeah, all these yeah. big names. I get maybe they got they didn't want to do it, but. Like come on, Chris Seiler played six years in the NFL. I'm, I, oh yeah, I'm for sure. I'm almost positive that uh, Cam Newton was probably not even asked, and I'm almost pretty sure that Percy Harvin declined. Yeah, like, like, yeah. like Chris Seiler, like I, 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 the names was familiar, but it wasn't like I knew who that he was. Brandon Seiler, huh? That was Brandon Seiler. Oh, I thought it was Chris. I don't know. I think Chris Leak. Chris Leak, Brandon Seiler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe but, that's what but, and, they, and they made Chris Leak seem like he was like the worst quarterback Look, in the world. Ever, and right? I hated Chris Leak after the first episode. I ain't know nothing about him. But when I'm watching it, I started becoming more of a fan of Chris Lee. I'm like, man, he did win a national championship. Uh, I mean, they they kind of just screwed him over. You took him out. Of, you you made a guy that wasn't made for your offense mm-hmm. to try to make him into that offensive yeah, player. It was not a spread offense QB. At yeah, all. exactly. And then, like I said, it was just so much to it. Like I said, Mike, how Mike said, they really just they sucked off Urban Meyer, and that was kind of just like my thing. Like kids Ur- show, man. I'm sorry, man. Like kids, <laughs> kids, man. It's just like you know, they made him seem like he was just like. This saint, this yeah, saint, like this, the best player, this generational the best, the best. coach. Yes, like, man, like, he did, nobody ever yeah. did that before. But I'll say this: I mean, they talked about it in the show, especially like episode one, SEC football. I mean, football, college football. You know, you can say all you want about like the Big Ten. You know, like oh, some no, of the Big Twelve. It, it, SEC but like, is nothing. It's untouchable. The South, man. Yeah. The South is where football is, yeah. and it's. You know, and they're right. And what I loved from the show is they showed all the B-roll footage of. You know them working out, and you saw the intensity. That was so cool. that yeah, was yeah, the intensity of their workouts like, is like there was a lot of really good stuff that you could take away from mm-hmm. this documentary. Like, I mean, if you, if it was just a football documentary and not yeah. a Swamp King like SEC Florida documentary, yeah, like, like oh, I would have loved it too. Awesome, of, you like know what I'm that saying? time, like mm-hmm. it was just that's just really what I say. Like to see how like like I said, all the the weightlifting stuff, how intense it got. You know, the the, the fighting the on the mats, the mats, the mats. The one who got choked out, he's like get off him. He's just like he's like limp. That's a lot of sweat on that mat. Man. Maybe you want to put a football helmet on and run through a wall. I, 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 I feel like I'm here. I'm out there. I'm walking on to Florida. Like I don't you need care, a quarterback, dude. right? I mean, as long as Anthony Richardson, I mean, like, what's up? Like, yeah. come get me. But to talk about that team, though, that 08 team, I mean, unreal talent. That was when the documentary got good. That's when it really got good. That's the people that we recognize. But to even add to that, I mean, like, Cam Newton posted a TikTok and said they didn't even talk about fact i didn't get my my championship ring they didn't even talk about the fact that uh i think he said that chris leak was that dude and they and i think somebody else even brought up that they didn't talk about urban meyer faking a heart attack with yeah, chest pains he went to the hospital that. with chest pains i think in 09 when they really were struggling try to get out of tr- tr- keep trying to get out of coaching because he left in 09 mm-hmm. came back in 09 yeah, yeah. and then finally left in uh 2010 or 2011 and that's when it happened with ohio state whatever which is way i feel like way more controversial mm-hmm. <laughs> than uh what happened in florida for him for his sake obviously so um just looking at that i mean great documentary in terms of like football but in terms of, like the drama the the characters that you really want to hurt here i mean i would have loved to hear from cam newton just like how does it, it feel to be like the back of the tim tebow you played more years in the league in tim tebow won an mvp went to the super bowl you did everything that tim tebow probably wanted to do you know and you and you took that and you were on this team how did that help you get to auburn and take them to a championship cam newton's a personality too like why why don't you have i'm almost sure they didn't offer him because they knew for sure that he is going to give out Stuff that they don't want to go hear. out. Yeah. Right. And like, you got Major Wright going out there. Like, no disrespect to Major Wright, but he talking about this big hit he had. I'm like, bro, you played on the same side of football with Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins to your left. Mm-hmm. 
you know, say nothing about Janoris Jenkins. They ain't say nothing about Joe Hayden. Yeah. Joe Hayden had a pick yeah. six in that yeah. game. They, they, they literally only talked. The only time they talked about Joe Hayden was in the Georgia game when he had a pick when, six. when Brandon Spikes lit up Noshawn Moreno and <laughs> teabagged him, and then he had the pin. Then Joe Hayden had the pick six. That like, was the only time on, they mentioned man. Joe Hayden. But I was saying, for as many great players were on there, they they only took. They felt like the guys that weren't gonna say bad things about Florida or weren't gonna judge them or whatever, and they just rolled with that. And that was like I said, that was my biggest gripe with it. Like by the end of it, like I said, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was definitely worth the watch, but it yeah. could have been so much more, especially from Untold. Untold really went out there and un, and told Manti Teo's entire life story. And they killed it with and Manti killed Teo. Manti oh, Teo. Him and Johnny Manziel's were both. Even Johnny Manziel felt like it held back a little bit. I yeah. like Johnny Manziel. Don't get me wrong. I think it was a great documentary, mm-hmm. but even I felt like they held back. Like Manti Teo's was. Everything. Yeah, there was not a secret left for me. You, found, you found out, like, because we were kids when that all happened, and so I didn't really, like, realize. Yeah, I didn't realize how stuff. deep it was. Yeah, but then, like, they I came out. I don't remember out. anything about that. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I, don't, like, I just remember, crazy. oh, he had a fake girlfriend, and everybody was, like, laughing at him. Like, yeah, he like, fake girlfriend. I had a fake girlfriend, too. Right. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he had a fake, fake girlfriend. Right. For three years. I was a dude. Yeah, and then like, and then you know everything that happened with that, and then like the Doctor Phil review was like a reveal was like. Yeah, I do. I saw Doctor Phil come on the show. He's like, he's like, he's like, So where do we start? <laughs> like that was just the funniest. <laughs> the greatest thing. cameo in a sports documentary. But um, to to add to that as well, um, I think that with the like the Giant Manziel one, I think what made Manti Teo so good because Manti Teo and the and the now woman speaking on it. Those right. are the two main people in it. We got Johnny Manziel. Why don't you have Kevin Sumlin in there? Why don't you have Mike Evans in there? Why don't you have you know people that dealt everybody with them that, that had was another there. side of the story? Exactly. Even the backup quarterback to him because he had to start half the game against Rice, and I don't think he even threw a touchdown or whatever. Like, what was it like being like you probably led the first team in practice probably for what four months straight because Johnny Manziel's not there. He's out with Drake. He's out with Justin Timberlake. Should have had Drake on all there. these people. They should have had Drake on there. <laughs> He's like, I, I think we're gonna be friends for life. I've, we're gonna be. That's a good friend of mine. Like, come on now. Like, and then I look at Johnny Manziel. Probably doesn't have you know the support obviously that he did, but I think that was more of a character like you know uh, re- revising or, or I would say like of of him because he actually lo- looks like okay now we get it. Like no, like you did some fucked up shit, man. You you. You messed up. Yeah. You're going to be the biggest star in the world. Like, I want to see more people talk about that. Like, Kevin Sumlin, why didn't you discipline this man sooner? Like, Mike Evans, how's it like playing with Johnny Manziel? And you go top ten, and he doesn't go top ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. Was it Ryan T- Was Ryan Tannehill before Johnny Manziel? Ryan Tannehill was a year before, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, it was the same year as RG3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but to branch off that, we got to go into what we know and love the most, our superheroes, man. We, we all seen Blue Beetle. Uh, first and foremost, um... Shout out to DC, man. I mean, yeah, what a yeah. what a difference between The Flash and Blue Beetle. I mean, one of the worst movies I watched this year was The Flash, and then one of the best movies I watched this of. year. <laughs> Not one of, uh, but definitely the one of the best movies I watched this year was Blue Beetle. I mean, fun, funny in general was a fun movie. I guess the quest, obviously from the beginning to the end, the the love interest, the chemistry through all, all the cast, and even the main character Zolo. I mean, he's. He killed it. I mean, I'm, 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 I know I'm gonna enjoy him as Lubito for the foreseeable future. But for you guys, I mean, give us a, I guess, a rating, and then I guess explain where so, you got your rating. Uh, I left the theater so happy after seeing this. Um, I was cheesing. Bad. I was cheesing really bad. I'm, cheesing I'm actually going bad. to see it again later. Um, that's how much I liked it. I never go to see movies twice in the theaters. I gave Blue Beetle a 9.25 out of 10. Um, I, uh, this was the <laughs> perfect start to the DCU and James Gunn's version mm-hmm. of it. To me, um, like how you said, the actor feels good. I love when we get actors that we don't know. This is probably mm-hmm. his first major role. 
Um, and we're getting an actor now that you can grow with, that you can fall in love with as this character. We don't have to, you know, this isn't like they, they didn't cast Justin Timberlake. They didn't cast Chris <laughs> Evans. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They didn't cast somebody that I, that I know their face already. And it's just like, a, you know, it's a totally new character. Nothing in this movie felt forced. The comedy aspect, the action looked good. There was no bad, like, or horribly noticeable CGI in it. You know, um, I love the family aspect. I, I liked how, you know, I'm, I'm obviously I'm half Hispanic. And so on my mom's side, I relate to a lot of the stuff that they showed in the movie and what they mm-hmm. really, you know, spread out in that message with the movie. So I just loved everything about it. The love interest was really good. Dude, it was perfect. Like, like I felt <laughs> the chemistry between the two. Like, they, it didn't feel forced. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, we're just going to end up together now because mm-hmm. I saved you. Mm-hmm. The only reason I don't give the movie more than a 9.25 is the villain to me was lackluster. I said that in the, in the theater. That was my biggest thing. I don't really like when they do villains. <laughs> Dude got beat up in two minutes, so I'm supposed to believe he can still beat him. Like, right. Like, oh, no I, I, you know, like, like the, the creation of him was cool. I like that they yeah. took the Blue Beetle, like, like whatever it is, and then kind of inf- implemented it into this, you know, All Mac or whatever. That was cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he had the same motivations as Jaime. Yeah. Like, you know, like, he was another redeemable villain. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, I never, <laughs> like, I, it's always been my biggest pet peeve. I don't want a redeemable villain. Mm-hmm. But other than that, though, I loved everything about this movie. And George Lopez is the dude. He was in highlight. His bag. I mean, he like, is oh the my highlight. I took me back to like when I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning. I'm watching like the George Lopez, Lopez show. show. <laughs> <laughs> dude, but that's the I, I agree with you 100. Yeah, I agree too. Five. I loved it. Um, I'm gonna go eight point eight. Um, okay, yeah. Marvel fanboy? Question no, mark? No. Question mark? I you like Marvel's better. <laughs> I thought this is this is my this is my take on it. I think it was a br- uh, a breath or breath breath of breath of breath air. A breath of breath air. A fresh breath of air for DC uh, and like mm-hmm. you know you just take a look at what they've been putting out. I mean the Flash. Dude, horrible, even, even <laughs> horrible. Dave, Dave has a lot of you know opinions on that movie. Uh, I got some animosity towards that. The movie. quality <laughs> of Blue Beetle to Flash is just big, big difference. Dude is huge. Um, <laughs> the transformation scene of him, um, the scarab like attaching to Yo, him and like it was, it was actually him scary. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was like, like genuinely like scary, man. Yo, like, his eyes like, like, turning black, and then they turn yellow. His voice was, is like distorted, and it's like, yo, he's actually possessed. And, and they actually did a really good job of like just showing you like what it would be like if you just got possessed by some alien thing. Like, I mean, he was freaking yo. out. He didn't embrace it. He didn't want anything to do with it. He yeah. was just scared. Like that's what that's what a normal person would go through. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't just embrace being a superhero right away. Yeah, nobody yeah. should. I mean, obviously, like I got this thing in my back. He's like on his back. He like pulled his shirt up, and it's like. And I look, butt, and I'm man. like, yeah, it looks awful. I'm like, I mean, it should look awful. Like, yeah, uh, a sure. bug just crawled up, what George Lowe said, it's in his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it crawled up his ass, and it's, like, in his back now. And, like, I like how they did it where him and the him and the scarab are suddenly, like, merging into one. But it's not, like, it's a symbiotic. thing where, yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it, like, it's actually, like, a good thing, though. It's not like mm-hmm. when it's taking over his body. It's not like no Spider-Man control. and Venom. Yeah. They are actually as one, and then when it finally comes together, when they're actually as one, and I think my favorite scene um, to even branch off is that is when he's like, whatever you think of, I can make. And he like pulls the, the big sword, sword out. Yeah, oh my god! Drags it. He so kicks it up. Sick. And he, th- <laughs> and he oh blasts him away goodness. with it. Oh, dude, oh like, my goodness! Yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, the scene the where thing. he catches uh, Carapax's like 
oh his my hand, God, and then he like that was so starts burning, and then he it's perfect camera work, and that makes you realize like, dude, James Gunn had to be on this like hundred. I'm definitely sure he had something to do with it. Like and, that's perfect camera work. Right and there. I think what I really like too is that they they show you that this is an established universe already. Mm-hmm. Superman is mentioned, Batman is mentioned. You see Gotham, you see you, you hear about Gotham the, University. Yeah, you right? hear yeah, about yeah, yeah, you, you hear about the Flash in Central City. These characters already exist. This is not like some origin story for the first hero in the in the DCU. Mm-hmm. These characters are already out there, so that means that we're going to just start seeing them as they go along, which I think is perfect. That's good world building. And and the, and unlike the Flash director, who who actually made his movie worse by saying Reverse Flash killed uh, Ezra's mother, or obviously the Flash, uh, the Flash's mother. mother um, he this the director for Blue Beetle comes out and says that the green. Uh, Flash that knocked the scarab off the course was green, like was supposed to be a Green, green Lantern, Lantern reference. Yeah. It's supposed to be that. And that's I how made you make your movie better. The theater. Like, we were really yeah. sitting there, I saw the green thing, and I was like, that's gotta be like a Green Lantern, like mm-hmm. a ring or something. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, he confirms that it's a Green Lantern ring. Like, as you should. I mean, you put those little hints in there as an art, like you said, established universe. I think he, uh, I think a lot of it was like small stuff to get us hyped up because we don't care for the origin stories. I mean, too much for the big characters like the Batmans, like the Supermans. We already know them. Yeah, we know them. We know them out the back of our hand, but like for the new character, like Blue Beetle, oh, we need that. We need to establish that. You, you want him yeah. to be a huge character? Characters that don't have so, already... Hey, question. So are there cameos in this or no? No, so there was no... Good. No so, so I guess my point is I'm glad to hear that because obviously, you know... I want, if they're resetting, if this is the new DC universe, mm-hmm. I don't want to see, like, Gale and... and no, Gale that's all I'm saying. I better not see that, not none I mean, of them. Because obviously we talk about it in our podcast, Next of Ken, Christian, and I, and we haven't seen Blue Moon, we just haven't had the time. And um, I'm glad, I'm now I can go home and say, let's go see it. Because, like, I got some guys who saw it, they said it was good, let's go check it out. And, it, and it's not, I know they I know they made it under the previous administration, yeah, whatever you want to call it, but the fact that Maybe I'm hoping if they maybe they took the, the gun, took the cameos out. Reference yeah. Superman. We know they exist. That's good. I, I like that. This yeah. if this is truly the beginning of the next thing, then this I have a little bit of confidence that maybe we're moving in the right. And direction. that's what exactly what they said. They said that this is going to be the start of the DCU. He's the first character in the DCU now, so Blue Beetle is the first established one. Mm-hmm. That's why I like that. I don't need cameos. I don't need to see the character. Mm-hmm. But if you establish that they're there, you reference the cities. You met. You reference right. the the superheroes. That just lets us know that they already exist. I'm not gonna see them come out of nowhere randomly yeah. in a and movie. And it puts all the focus on him. Like, yeah, like, I don't. I don't want to see a cameo from some famous actor, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I just saw Superman, and I gotta worry mm-hmm. about Blue Beetle's life. Yeah. No, what's Superman yeah. doing? Man, <laughs> what's Superman doing? Yeah. But um, they even took it a step further in the, in the post credit scene. There's no cameo in that either. Yeah. There shouldn't be. There's well, I, not and, supposed and to. And I really like that too because they really, you know, I don't know too much about Blue Beetle, but they kept with the mythos because I, I looked up a lot of stuff after the fact and they mentioned the other two versions of Blue Beetle. Yeah. You have Ted Cord. You have uh, I think his name's Dan Garrett. Yeah. Dan so Garrett. there's gonna be two other versions of Blue Beetle, and you know, you find out that Ted Cord is still out there, and mm-hmm. that just leads into stuff for now where like now. It just expands the story going forward. Mm-hmm. There's no like crazy cliffhanger or anything like that. Now we just gotta wait and see what happens with them. Yeah, we yeah. had a long time. No, yeah, it'll be, it'll <laughs> be a, a few years for sure. Yeah, and like that's like the only the only thing that um that didn't give me like a nine or a ten out of ten was yeah, as you said, the villain. Yeah. I thought he was just kind of it was so underwhelming. A little underwhelming. Yeah, that <laughs> that was definitely like the worst part of mm-hmm. it. I liked the suit a little bit, but there's just nothing. The idea was cool, but the character yeah. itself was just underwhelming. You know what I'm saying? Like. And I'm, I'm hoping that just because it was his first movie, they're not going to go too deep into it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, when you look at the very beginning of the movie, there's other Beatles out there. It's not just a blue Beatle. There was mm-hmm. a gold one. There was a yellow one. So, I mean, there's other versions out there. Maybe that's going to be a villain going forward or just get another version of Blue Beetle, but it's just a bad version. Or maybe one of the old Blue Beetles is bad. We don't know. Yeah, I feel like Dan Garrett's probably going to be the bad yeah, one. Even if Ted Kord is, like, corrupted. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, you won't miss him. But uh, to even add to that, 
Um, I heard that Blue Vita wasn't even supposed to come out on theaters. It was supposed to come out on Max. It I'm glad it came a, out on theaters, a, man. A Max release. It was supposed to come out uh, beginning of 2024 because they were so worried about the writer's strike and whatnot. And that was supposed to, that was actually conversated and whatnot. But I'm glad it wasn't because, like you said, you get this 110% focus on this new character, this young, this young actor who is taking this role from a failing studio. Let's be honest. Like, DC is failing. Right. And most of their good stuff is not watched because it's on Max. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that have Max. And if they do have Max, they're not putting on um, everything that DC has going on because the last thing they watched was The Flash. last thing they watched was um, uh, The Justice League. Mm. I mean, like, do you really want to put on DC right now? Right. No, you don't want to. And this is when Marvel was peaking. So you missed out on all the good stuff that DC could have done or would have done. Because you're just so used to seeing like them fail, right? DC has to strike now, and they and they did. Marvel, Marvel right now, yeah, is in a Marvel's at its weakest point right now. It's at a weak point, Mm -hmm. so it was perfect that they came out this movie, and I'm so glad it's doing so good. And I know the the first week numbers were really low, and I'm pretty sure they went up and up and up. I'm I'm sure I'm pretty sure it's close to cracking 100 million. When I saw a couple days ago, Mm -hmm. it was already 80 million. Yeah, it started off at 20. They were say they're only expecting to make 20 to 30 million domestically. So 30 million. I mean, this movie's overperforming, and it was really cool because. Cinema Day was last Sunday, so it was four dollar tickets in almost every theater, and all the theaters were sold out for Blue Vito, which shows you that you know it's kind of not just a movie. It's not just a movie thing; it's a movie theater thing. Movie theaters are expensive; it's not mm-hmm. for everybody. You know, not everybody can afford that. Yeah. So you know, just kind of see that everybody was like getting out there, and as the word spreads, word of mouth spreads, people are gonna want to go see Blue Beetle. Like I said, I loved it so much; I'm going to see it again. Uh, it's my second favorite superhero movie of the year. I yeah, think. I I want to see. Third, I'm gonna say third. I'm gonna say third. I, I, I mean, I guess you could say. I mean, I kind of, I kind of forget about Guardians. I always um, forget about Guardians, but I rewatched the other day. I'm like, I love. Yeah, this Guardians. Movie. <laughs> I, maybe, I, maybe I could make an argument, maybe put it third. But I, I mean, Spider Man is obviously still number one. But Guardians and then Blue Beetle. I just really loved Blue Beetle. Dude, I haven't seen Gar. I haven't seen Spider Man or Guardians of the Galaxy again since I saw. Dude, the, the family aspect, I think, what really makes people like love it. I yeah, feel like, oh, for dude, the most part, because when you get that moment, I don't want to spoil it too much for Miranda, obviously. But like, when you get the moment where. Uh, this is the climax of the movie, yeah. and like this action adversity, like, and you felt it, like you felt like, yeah. damn, like everything is like crashing now. When he's just starting to finally get it, mm-hmm. it's just so it's it's annoying as a fan because like, oh my god, he's just starting to get it, and then like he's just starting to embrace this this thing that's inside of him, and now he he can't because everything is going haywire. Obviously, right. well, what you have to do with these movies is you have to make them so a family wants to go. Mm-hmm. Well, right. Like you know, Christian and I talk about all the time. Like when we see like Force Awakens. Like, mm-hmm. I went, my kids went, my parents went. Because well, they yeah. remember watching Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so here's the three generations watching Star Wars. Miss um, Marvel, I really liked because of the family aspect of yeah. it. You know, yeah. And that was one of the shows I really liked. And I and I, and I I liked that they're, like you said, it, it's a, I don't know the actor. Mm-hmm. I don't know the character. So let me have a new experience instead of like, oh, great, it's Batman. I mean, and I love the Batman. No, yeah, for sure. And, and I, I, I mean... And I love Batman Year Two. I mean, I'm all into that stuff. Yeah. But I'm glad we kind of got something new. And I'm, I'm, I'll said it before. I like that maybe this is the start of DC kind of putting it together. So here's my question for you: mm-hmm. Do they bother dropping Aquaman at this point? Or Dude, that, it, that was such that a shit? that was such a. a I'd rather see the Batgirl movie yeah. at this point. It, it, than was, Bat- it was such a topic, Aquaman? and they and they're saying that they're dropping it. Like it, it's it, confirmed. I, I get they have it. to because they already made it. They have to try to get something then out of it. Then drop out Batgirl. Put that Batgirl <laughs> no, movie on. Because right. I heard he, I heard Di- uh, I heard Michael Keaton was great in it. Yeah. And I want to see that. Like now, yeah. I don't get to see that. I'd rather see that than Aquaman Two. Oh yeah, I didn't even care for Aquaman One. Aquaman won all that I much. I can't say I so, watched Aquaman one. <laughs> I watched it, but it wasn't even something like said. So, and I don't. I really don't want to keep backtracking. That's the thing that sucks. With they already had these projects right, made. Exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to see. I say Gail Gadot's already done. I don't want to see her as Wonder Woman. I don't want to see Jason Momoa as Aquaman anymore. Uh, you know, you're already starting over. You have Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. 
I, I get you have to try to make some money out of these projects you spent all the money on, but maybe it's time to try <laughs> to cut your losses and just, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And they're know, not especially because they're not going to make any money because obviously the controversy of Manor and all that stuff. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and I just feel like they, like you said, they should move forward. Just go yeah. on. Like, them, yeah. like back to football. Like, you just, all right, you know what? We're moving on. Like, that's yeah. what Dallas is doing. You got to know when it's, all right, let's go. Right? Like, DC, I like that they're moving on. Although I, I, I really like Peacemaker, so I'd love to see no, one. Yeah, I love that. Brand. That was James Gunn's Peacemaker. production, though. So James Gunn's gonna keep him around because mm-hmm. that was James Gunn's show. Right. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? I think once they drop Aquaman, that's the last of the old people because nothing else is coming out. Disclaimer in front of that movie when they drop. No way. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> this time it is the. Nobody last else time. is returning after this. I <laughs> we swear. Promise to because God. Superman doesn't come out till 2024. So I mean, after that, I mean, we're gonna have a break on DC movies. It's really yeah. just um. I think there's a TV show that James Gunn's doing for DC but in oh 2023. I don't know if it's like the um, Amanda Waller show or if it's something oh similar God, to that. God, Swamp they even, they no. even said it. They even said it. I yeah, can't remember. Agree on that. It might be something like that then, yeah. Because I know they're, they're going to have that and – you know, Superman's gonna be the big one. Now, you know, Blue Beetle started the DCU, but Superman's gonna be the first. Yeah, that's where they really got big it. one where they have to hit on that and hope for the best. So we'll see. I think with like Blue Beetle too, it's like two things. One, DC is on a decline; has been declining. Um, you know, you've been disappointed by some of these movies, and also, I just don't think a lot of people know who Blue Beetle is. Yeah, that's exactly. that's why I'm that's glad exactly. that people it started to go up. I would be I'll, I'll be more mad if it was started up and people didn't go. And they stopped going. Yeah. There. And that's definitely what it is. Is like you know nobody knows that character. I mean, unless you're really into DC comics, you probably yeah. don't know who Blue Beetle is. Like you, you probably know him from like Injustice. That's like, that's the only I played the only reason I know who he is because mm-hmm. I played the Injustice games. I was like, if I didn't play those video games, I wouldn't know who Blue Beetle is. Then he was in teen like a, a Teen Titans series. Yeah, I know he was like an animated series. Young Justice League, I think. He's like one of those series. He's like in passing character. You know, there's never like the main focus. Not that he has his own story, his own origin, and they they change the origin story. Obviously, and it's like, dude, this is this is perfect. This is exactly what you need. If you want to change the origin story, you better make it good. And they made it great, actually. So, mm-hmm. I'm actually very uh, excited for the DCU going forward. Uh, anything else you guys want to add? No, no. no I, I this that I say Blue Beetle was just really cool. I'm glad that they did that. It was. Definitely a breath of fresh air after seeing The Flash. Like I tell you, I, I hated The Flash. I have nothing good to say about The Flash, and I'm glad that it's behind us, and I'm ready to just move forward with what DC has to offer. Mike, yeah. anything else you got to add? About Blue Beetle or just, just in general? In general? Mm-hmm. Um, no, not really. I mean... Happy you guys are here. <laughs> <laughs> happy to happy to be here, yeah. man. Um, yeah, Join really the fam. Man. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, for coming on. Obviously, uh, I mean, you know, weird time of the day, obviously. Nah, but I mean, it's about nap time. For me, <laughs> I just gotta work. So nappy I mean, wappy. Uh, what? I'm gonna take a nappy wappy. I'm gonna take a nappy <laughs> wappy. I'm gonna, you know, put my. Uh, <laughs> My cap on, my pajamas, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, your <laughs> nightgown. <laughs> my night, yeah, my nightgown. Your big t-shirt, no drawers. Big t-shirt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my middle of the day nap. Yeah, I've been up since like 5:30. Yeah, definitely, definitely uh, good having you on. Like, obviously, we've been on, we both been on your show numerous times, so mm-hmm. it's really cool to have you on the show this time. Yeah. yeah. So thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a virtual host, and we'll see you guys next week.